0: The Thrivecast is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to helping accounting professionals save time and grow their practice. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks ProAdvisor program, you can truly boost your efficiencies, collaborate with clients, and play a pivotal role in fueling their success. Follow the link in the show notes to find out more. Okay, Greg. This is the ThriveCast. Welcome to the ThriveCast, Greg.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jason, and hello, world. Hey, welcome, welcome to, welcome to
0: See, our. I just <laughs> Hey, hey, world.
1: Hey, world from Granville. Hey, world from Orem, Utah. We're two two of the uh, really the world's wow. hubs of, of accounting oh, knowledge. Oh, totally. Uh, Greenville and Orem. Totally. So uh, Greenville but, and Orem but we we actually we do have tons of knowledge that we want yes. well tons of knowledge i think i'm i'm excited about today's podcast yeah because we're talking about changes and pivots uh, at, that that are coming about and i'm going to even say innovations that are coming out That's true. That's as what a result they are. of uh, of the pandemic that we're yep. all going through and and we're going to be talking about that together we're going to be talking about that with our guest donny shimamoto that oh, yeah. we will get on the on the phone in a little bit on the, the phone. On
0: the phone. <laughs> what is a
1: phone? That's, that's like right. you
0: asking the uh, Gen Z for a gift certificate. I did. True story. Did
1: that. Had, they had no idea what I was talking about. It's a gift card. They're like, you... They
0: mean a gift card.
1: That was me. <laughs> failure. It. Failure to communicate. So, uh, but yeah, we'll get Donnie Shimamoto on the on the the, the phone. The what the the the, the the the
0: rotary the rotary horn. phone. Yeah, let's yep. call it the a, horn.
1: That's it. Um. But before we get started, we have got a couple announcements. We gotta, yep, we, we want to throw out there for y'all. Um, first off, again, thanks for listening. Second of all, uh, <laughs> there is a second Thrival incubator that is coming up in October, and you're like going, yes. oh, "What?" There was a first one, yeah, you already missed it, yeah. Uh, but yeah. the uh, second incubator is coming up October. It, it will be October 21st to 23rd. Uh, it is uh, held virtually, uh, and you can uh, you can get information from that from going to uh, the Thrival's website or in, uh, emailing info at Thrival.com. And Jason, yes. uh, a, a rumor has it that the August incubator was sold out. Uh, tell <laughs> us about the uh, the August incubator, what happened on that.
0: Yes. so So we've always done the incubators. Julie and I have taught those two times a year for the past few years. And so this year, of course, we pivoted to virtual. So to pull that off, we put it in a studio. So oh. we went into a live studio and had a production team live feed it through Zoom, uh-huh. and I was in a studio, Julie was in a studio, and we had about 12 entrepreneurs there from all over the country and Canada, and it was mind-blowing. Nice. It was it was like, you know, we were worried, like, we like to be with people, you know, uh-huh. and yeah. and so We were virtual and we really made it, you know, so intimate. We were doing breakout rooms and coaching through that. It was, it was amazing. Like we didn't know what this pivot to a studio would be like, what it would feel like, but dude, it worked. And so what we did is October 21 through 23rd, that see, that is the date that deeper weekend was set for this year, which we had to move. So instead of deeper weekend, we made it for the October incubator. Uh, which is, you know, it's a three-day boot camp. And anyway, it's mind-blowing. Uh, anybody needs to go through that. It's uh, yeah. any firm entrepreneur uh, is amazing. So,
1: right. So like, so, and it was sold out in August. How many spaces do you, are there total available for an incubator?
0: Yeah. So um, virtual incubator? We, we try is to it, do,
1: is it infinity
0: because <laughs> it's virtual? <laughs> well, but you, so you would think that, right. It's virtual. So you can do as many as you want, but we have to consider that we're always available to coach in a breakout room with everybody. Right, so right. we can't have thousands of people, where they yeah. they and thousands of people won't go through something right. so was intense my, right it was my joke with infinity because you said you made it in feel intimate and i go kind of hard to make it feel intimate with infinity people. that's right that's right yep. so <laughs> so if so the coaching in between the sessions is what is why we limit it between 10 and 15 is about gotcha. all we can we can pipe Boom. through this thing uh and Boom. still care for them uh, in a way so so right that's the incubator another thing we wanted to tell you guys is we have a market leader Readiness assessment. This is a this is like a test you can take online, and it really walks you through firms. Now it's uh, it's a ten question test that walks you through the readiness of your firm to come out of a pandemic as a market leader, and it gives you some follow up uh, scoring, and then a video I made that kind of walks you through what your score is, whether you're a market laggard or a market leader. Uh, great information. So we'd love for you guys to see that. It's in the show notes, uh, but you can go to Thrival.com slash market dash leader uh, and find that test. So that's up. Ready to help you guys assess yourself. Perfect. So get- which
1: which ties in nicely with what we're talking about today in terms of what you need to do uh, as a result of the pandemic to be to, to not just live through it, but to maybe thrive, not just to survive it, but maybe to thrive I'm all through it. What? Not
0: survival, but thrival.
1: <laughs> that's it. And uh, and also, we uh, I mean, obviously, we'd also like to have everybody who's listening consider uh, becoming a Thrival member, yep. which uh, which is not, it's not the cheapest thing for you to do, but it, it can be the most valuable thing for you to do, uh, especially right now because of all the craziness that's going on in the world. Uh, well, and and Jason, do you want to tell the do you want to tell the story of how you got how you got your uh, your sight set on asking Donnie to be a
0: oh yeah, Cause yeah I think so... that fits in with with, with oh what it, we're it does about. yeah which which kind of matches what you were talking about people joining this community right yeah. which which is because um, we need each other. Right. So, we so bad. Right. More than ever. That's right. And I know Donnie and you know, Donnie, and, yep. but he was on Facebook months ago and he said, dude, I've been struggling. I was crying. I just had to uh, remove some people from my firm. And this was all public. You know, he posted this and then, yep. you know, Julie and I started posting to him going dude, (laughs) this is hard stuff. And we're we're having to pivot our firm and everybody's having to to reconsider what they're doing or deal with growth in a whole new way. And so I thought, you know, Donnie, he's a, I mean, he's a strong leader. You and I have known him for years. So I thought he needs to be on here talking about, you know, the pivots and changes that we're all, you know, having to face. And so that's kind of why we want Donnie on here, and why yeah. we we really the 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 basis of what you and I want to talk about is an article he wrote, which is helping yeah. your clients through the coronavirus crisis, which yeah. really has to do with helping your firms too. So right. we're going to talk about some points he he discussed there.
1: Exactly, and and just wrapping it back around, that was a tough thing for him to have to let go of staff. Oh and man, you need you need a support. Group around you as you are forced through our current environment to do uh, stuff that's that's hard because it's just hard, hard because it's brand new, hard because it's risky and scary. And and if you've got a group of people who are all going through those same moves, is which is what if you're if you're a firm owner, an accounting firm owner, you're going to find those people right here in Thrival, and that support that support alone can be invaluable but then also the insights that you're going to get from people like yeah i did that and here's how i failed miserably yeah <laughs> don't do don't do these things because there's some landmines in there that's that's also invaluable that's right it. there and not only that thrivals put together a whole i mean again in terms of pivots and innovations yeah. there's thrivals put together happy hours obviously that's things that are happening with other you know organizations and, yeah. and companies around so that's not necessarily a new thing but uh, but it, having those in thrival is a new dimension a new component it is. of that Roundtable discussions and master classes are yeah. all things that are being offered to Thrival members. So, if you're interested in that, again, go to the show notes, uh, send an email to info.thrival.com, and you can learn more about being a Thrival yeah. member.
0: And the reason we did it is because Julie and I want to be with the community more. They need each other more than ever. We're trying to just pull them all together and go. You know what? Let's let's do things that are just fun, right? <laughs> so we can kind of not talk about the stupid pandemic anymore, and also. Let's talk about pivoting our businesses too, because yeah. we're all doing that. And right. you know, there's a lot of wisdom in in the thrival members. These entrepreneurs are really strong and, and take mm-hmm. strong risks and they're learning a lot together. So we wanted to we wanted to bring it together. Yep. So so here you we are. Great. And that's that's it. That's, that's it. Okay. Come be a part of it. Come be a part of it. So all right. Well, let's dive into Donnie Shimamoto's mm-hmm. article. Um and God there's so much there's so much in there. He just wrote an article that said dudes here's some main points, not dudes, but he said fur motors, here's some main <laughs> he said, points. Yeah, yeah, bro. bro. <laughs> Bros. Bro,
1: here's some things you, <laughs> you need to consider. think about with like the, the Rona. <laughs>
0: so. <laughs> so he kind of yeah, he had like a surfer voice.
1: Yeah, it was he said for for Godfather for, for surfer being, a, being an accountant. In the Rona, it was not an accountant, it was a, being a accountant,
0: accountant. <laughs> in the yeah. Rona. In so the Rona. first thing he said is you'll hear his voice when you get him on it. it's oh, yeah. exact, spot on. It <laughs> is oh it's exactly his voice. So and, and so the so the first thing he says was assessing the impact of the current downturn. Now that seems kind of um duh, but it's not duh. Because no. it, it takes some strategy, and actually what Julie and I had to do in our firm, and this was back April, March, April, or something like that, we we actually came up with a three-tiered plan we would walk mm-hmm. our firm through to mm-hmm. to uh, kind of downsize, right? If things happened, right. if this happened, yep. it would trigger us to move from tier one to tier two, and if mm-hmm. something happened there. So we were assessing dealing with this. And we actually started this plan. We had this tier one, two, three, and what the triggers were for each tier. Mm -hmm. We went and met with all of our clients and started teaching them this three-tiered plan and talking to them about the specific triggers that would work them through different levels. And so impacting your firm being impacted by the downturn, that is not just think about it and go, man, this is hard. That's not what we mean, (laughs) right? It's a plan. Yeah. That you probably put on sticky pad paper on the wall, mm-hmm. and it's a big if-then plan and the probabilities of what if this happens, then what do we do next? That's right. the kind of planning we're talking about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Can you be, can you, can you, would you be open to, to tell them like, like give me an example of like one of the triggers that you have that you go, okay, if the, this happens, it'd be ideal if it was something we didn't get to next. Like, like the yep. virus mutates and starts uh, like, uh, you know, becoming
0: a flesh eating more, more <laughs> right. flesh eating.
1: Right. Was no, that one wait, of so, the no. scenarios?
0: No. <laughs> so the triggers were things happening in your firm. Uh huh. Right. So it's like not, people like losing flesh. <laughs> right. No, it's not. It, no, it's not actually the virus becoming a a robot zombie. <laughs> that was not one of the triggers. Okay. Because it's just you don't know when that's going to happen. Right. So yeah, yeah, you, you had to plan it around something you can plan. So it, yeah. it's around, I, and obviously, for most firms, it's going to be revenue related and probably sure, yeah. lead generation related. If a yep. revenue goes down a certain level. Yep. Then what are you going to do? Right. And it's true. Some firms are still growing. We're hearing some of the entrepreneurs we lead. Some firms are still growing. Uh, some are struggling, and they're not right. Mm-hmm. Leads have slowed down, uh, which is true in our firm. Leads slow down, um, but the triggers which we haven't had to hit yet is like starting to cut pay. Um, but one thing we did do, and this is this is kind of. One of his points in the article is talking about how do you help clients consider alternative business models. Yeah. Just really quick, I can give some examples of something Julie and I, things we've done in our own firm. Yeah. Which is, do it. Which is, and this is something I think firms should consider is whatever the structure of your firm is, that is, partners, maybe leadership, you know, five accountants, you know, 10 CPAs, whatever it is, is consider restructuring your firm and go well, you know what? They used to do all tax. I'm going to have to tell them they're going to do tax accounting and payroll now. And so you're pivoting roles Hmm. so that the roles can be broader and can take in more work. And so we restructured our team and we had one team member that left and it was, you know, it was a good, it was a good, you know, they left amicably and we missed them and they missed us. They just had to go get full-blown benefits and everything, something we just couldn't get them at a full-time level yet. And they had to leave. So we restructured our team, kept that accountant's role internally, and just shared it more among our team. That is a pivot. So what we didn't do is replace that that role, even though the work they did was so huge, we had to spread it among our team. And we said, hey, team, you're all going to step up, right? We're all going to do this together. Yep. And everybody's going to do more of things they didn't anticipate that they would do going into this, so that's restructuring the business model. and yep. you know some other things we're doing is we're we're deeply n- niched in the uh, creative digital marketing agency space, and right. we do advisory consulting, mm-hmm. which is that's a harder thing to sell now. So we're just being open about other industries. Uh, unbundling okay. some of those growth-related services and focusing on some of the easier things to sell, the accounting, tax, payroll, core okay. services, right. those kind of things. Sure. These are things we're open to, whereas before we never would be open to those things. Right. But firms have to let go a little bit and go, maybe I'll do the thing I never said I would do. You kind of have to be there now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, and 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 I think so. Like some of the things we're talking about too is maybe you're gonna stuff that you used to outsource. And, and I'm not just talking like yeah. outsourcing, like outsourcing a tax return to yeah. you know to to India or wherever you've got out to you the know, Philippines where they've got some less expensive tax, uh, uh, you know, tax prep options i'm talking about like like maybe it, and it, it i don't know if accounting firms have gotten this but it's like we're mowing our own lawn now you know that that kind of thing <laughs> exactly. where, you, where you bring stuff in it's like so so now yes you do you do our you are yes. our our audit partner and you are our weed abatement partner yes, yes. and that's, <laughs> You're, that's you. The do the that you do the weed eating now around yeah. the building. so okay so what do you think about this because in donnie because in donnie's article he very specifically when he was talking about pivoting on your business model yeah he he very he very much says one of our jobs should be helping our clients think through alternative business models yes and that we need to because of the crisis we need to change temporarily the business model but i i stuck on that because it sounds like that's what you've done where you're like this is a temporary and is that what you're telling your people This is a temporary change when things get normal we'll go back to normal
0: yeah or, is, or are you looking at it going? Maybe these are changes we need to. Stick no, out to that, that's a man. That's a great point. And actually, some webinars we've been teaching to to the industry we do, sir, which is the creative digital design marketing agencies. We're telling them, as you pivot to consider doing things you normally wouldn't, you're probably going to get in certain situations. You're going to have to get out of. Yeah. So it is temporary in nature in that you may take on some clients that are kind of butthole clients you would never take on. Uh You may have to for a while because they have cash. Now, what you're going to have to do is you might have 7% of your client base now, two years from now, that are buttholes, 7% Mm -hmm. buttholes. You're Mm going to have to undo that, go through the process of firing them untangle the revenue generation that you perform for them out of your team. And so what we are teaching and it's interesting he mentioned it is that consider different things but know what that means for you is you're going to have to undo some of the bad habits you're allowing to happen right. now because what is our global goal for firms to stay in business. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the deal, especially right. through a process we don't know when it's going to end. That's the hard part. We're all yeah. like what the well, heck, man?
1: Not not only do we not know when it's going to end, the assumption is things are going to slowly get better. Like we bottomed out, but we don't know that because, no. I mean, I just, just today I saw a thing. And obviously there's a little bit of a delay between now and when this actually gets into your ear holes, listener. But just today I saw a thing that uh, you, uh, what it was, the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. They were, they had in-class they had live in in person classes for one week, yeah. and then they were like, "This was a horrible idea." Everyone's sick, and they shut it down again. <laughs> and And I don't That's know where terrible. You're yeah, my kids, my kids are back in school starting today, oh, and it's man. the same thing. Where you just go, that can't help the stop of the, the virus. No, it's not so, going to help. So who knows where this is going to go? And so you've got to – So so even so so we may be. In this for a while, and there might be a lot of those concessions that you're talking about. And even one of the things that comes to my mind is pricing concessions for and sure. how, And how do you, if you've got people who are like going, Hey, I need your help, but I can't pay what I usually pay, it's pr- I want you because I'm, have you had people come to you with that? Yeah, yes. And, and, and how do you, so, so my big thing is you want to give them the concession. Yeah. Because I did, I did that same thing because we yes. had, Fortunately, because again, if for those of you who don't know, I'm not I don't own a firm. I'm an accountant in the industry. I manage a group of medical office buildings. Fortunately, medicine has been by and large spared from a lot of the economic downturn that we're happening right now. We have a big surgery center we had to give them and their rent every month is like $50,000 help me and come on. And, and the month that they got shut down when elective surgeries couldn't happen, we had to give them a concession of 30,000 bucks for that one month where we just didn't, we just said, Hey, if this is a matter of you living or not, we need a tenant. Wow. Uh, instead of no That's tenant. Crazy. So we said, we'll cut your rent 30,000 bucks this month. Wow. Um, but, and the wow. thing, and it was like, but but we and I we had this conversation where it was like we can do this exactly once. And right. that was the prime. <laughs> but at the same time, I worry that there's a seed in his mind going, Oh, these guys are rolling in it if they can give us Dude, a thirty yeah. thousand dollar concession. Yes. So maybe I'm getting I'm getting hosed that, by these see? by these guys' pricing. And it's like,
0: no, it, you're not. D- pricing is a thing and it messes now. It's gonna mess with your client if you're giving them, you know. Now, so here's here's how we're doing it, and a lot of firms would do it different, is that, so we sell growth-related advisory services, which mm-hmm. is, it's a monthly car payment, basically. It's like mm-hmm. for 4500 a month, you get the whole shoot and match, a three-person yeah. team, blah, blah, blah. We're unbundling that. Yeah. That's how okay. we're doing it. We're like uh, accounting services are this. Right. That's it. Right. So so we're con- something we would never consider doing because our yeah. whole business model and structure is built to have teams support our clients. That's how yeah. it works for every yeah. client. So unbundling changes our processes, what our team has mm-hmm. to do. And so we everybody's just trying to consider everything, but it's a great point. It, you do hope these are temporary, but here's the thing: the changes you're making now, you're going to probably have to undo. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It's it, that's okay. It means you're still around. If you're undoing it, you right. want to stay in business. And there are service-based companies that are struggling, and they're yeah. they're not going to make it. Right. For
1: sure. You know. Well, and his and,
0: his great example was restaurants. Yeah. That that, <laughs> that poor industry. I mean. You just feel so sick for these bars and restaurants. They're all having to go, you can't come in. We'll drive your noodles to you like 20 miles down the road. It's like right. Well, that's really not gonna help their cost of goods. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. And well, and, and with that, and I think that's some of the things that we're that that we're talking about even here, is that we're all learning lessons inside our firms. In terms of how we can manage this whole everything that's going on and our clients need us to take that information to them as well. Cause they're whatever we're having to deal with, with pricing, with pivoting, with, with unbundling, with whatever the changes we need to go to our clients and help them with those same things. Say, Hey, are you reducing your prices? Because I get it that you might have to do that, but what are you doing to make sure that it's communicated to your, to your customers that it's a temporary thing because of, Right. of the the crap storm that we're in right now. Yeah.
0: So that's the kind of care we're meant to give uh as as firms and I think Donnie wrote this article from the point of how we help our clients. Mm-hmm. And I think we're meant to say things that you know it, even more so we should say things that that feel uncomfortable sometimes as we care for our clients, but even now we should be warning them and saying have you thought about this? Why are you doing that? And some other Things Donnie gives in there is us being watchdogs a little bit more about cybersecurity. People are going to take advantage of, you know, the platforms you're on, you know, vendors may take advantage of you. And it's okay for us to watch those things. Um, but one point he makes that I think everybody listening that runs a firm has felt is the um, helping them manage the government financial relief oh, options. Absolutely that that was a that was a big pile of dump that the government took on the accounting profession. <laughs> and they didn't right. mean it, but listen, yeah. the burden got put on firms' shoulders in yeah. such a major way. We're all still dealing with. We're now in forgiveness yeah. world, right? And it is a heavy load to. to to add on to your client service for most of us. We're not getting paid for it. We're not right. Right. Which <laughs> and, and and that. Well, that's a, that's one
1: of those weird things, too, because I because here's what and it comes to pricing. I, I'd be interested in just getting your feedback on this, because here's here's because I feel like I'm pretty well, you know, I'm I'm a CPA uh, tax isn't my thing, but PPP wasn't anybody's specialty. It came out of nowhere. I'm reading everything just along with everybody else. I'm trying to figure out how much my of a loan I can get. It says anybody who's making a hundred thousand or more is excluded. And I go, boy, that really reduces the amount that we can, you know, every, every hundred thousand dollar employee that just knocks out a huge amount. I'm talking, I'm talking with a guy at the firm that does our reviews and he, and he mentions to me, he says, Hey, but do you know, they just made, they just gave some, this was you know, months ago. He says, they just gave some guidance that it's that a hundred thousand is the limit. It's not that you have to take them out of the calculation that's right. entirely. That's, that's right. And I was like, Oh, I missed that piece. That's a and big then, piece. That's a huge <laughs> piece. And all of a sudden I was able to get a, a much bigger PPP loan for the, the businesses. That I that I manage, yes, yes. As a, like and that's that that money is going to be forgiven. He got me free money with with just sort of a hey. Here's a thing, just a little. You didn't yes. you didn't catch this and and then the crazy thing was he billed me for it at his <laughs> hourly rate because they're hourly rate kind of people. I was a little bit butthurt when I got the bill from him. <laughs> That, but then I stopped it. I went, wait a second. I had massive customer profit yeah. for that, whatever a one-hour phone call that we had, or whatever. I mean, part of it's that I hate the billable hour. That, so I'll admit that. But, <laughs> but, but, but it's like at some point, we what we're doing is is valuable and should be charged for. And if nothing else, we need to communicate the value that we're getting to our clients. regardless of whether we're getting paid for it, because customer care is how you build loyal customers, right? That's right. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: No, that's right. But the the hard thing about this PPP is it's so complex. Mm -hmm. And just like the guy you were talking about, we're having, our team is having to read, oh my God, so So much. much. And now tax Twitter is blowing up about their saying, you know, the president's saying you don't have to pay payroll taxes. And the accounting, the <laughs> yeah. accounting world's like, F no, uh-huh. you, you must be crazy if you right. think we're not going to pay our payroll taxes. Right. Like, I don't care what y'all say. We're not stupid, right? So we're having to assess and read through this stuff because our clients do not know. They're like, Mm -mm. "Sweet, don't pay your payroll taxes." I read this on Forbes, accountant. Did you Uh hear about this? We're like, "Yeah, we heard about that." Uh, Don't do it. Yeah, you know we. And so we're having to take (laughs) on reading all this, and then and then we get the AICPA forgiveness spreadsheet, right, Uh uh, to help us calculate forgiveness. We're like, okay. So that's like a bajillion tab spreadsheet. Yep, uh, it is massive. Yep. you know, and it's like okay, <laughs> we're taking on all of the, these these the burdens of these relief options. Right, and you know, in two years when the coronavirus is gone, it's like, well, well awesome, we're awesome at PPP and forgiveness calculation from <laughs> the CARES Act, and it nobody cares. It's like right. well, right. you can't charge for that. You yeah. just kind of delete all that from your brain for the right. past couple of exactly. years. Right. But I, so, but you well, know what? We're and, and, all gonna, we're all growing and, yeah. and learning from it. Maybe that's well, what we get out of this. Okay, okay. And this
1: is just this is almost like a side note. Tell me if this is driving you wild too, because there's still like they're dangling this like uh like because they have like the EZ whatever for the yeah, PPP but right there, but then they're also dangling like a safe Harbor, something that might yeah. come through. Yeah. And does that <laughs> yes. drive you? That drives yes. you up a damn wall. Cause it's like, am I reading all of this crap for nothing? What are you doing to me? Well, I I I got a doctorate in PPP, <laughs> and now you're telling me that if my loan was less than $100,000, I'd just get that damn money for free. <laughs> what have you done to me? Like, and, and you don't know. <laughs> right. You have so, no idea. So, so you have to keep
0: learning all this right. stuff because that might not happen. Right. So we're going to go ahead and fill out the forgiveness spreadsheet. Exactly. We, it, we, you know, we might get to delete it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I know we spent 20 hours right. on it and reviewing it, but you yeah. might get to delete it. which Yeah, cool. and you can't you
1: can not not do it and, and cross your fingers for safe harbor. And then all of a sudden they say, hey, deadline's tomorrow. And you go, oh, well, I got 100 clients that I got to do 20 hours. That's right. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like – this isn't getting CPE at the end of the year. You can't do yeah, 100 hours getting...
0: in a day like CPE. Yeah, see, that's, that's what they need to do for the, for the accounting CPE. profession. It's like, everybody gets an automatic 40 hours. Right. Right. Just for the trouble. Totally. Just for the trouble. So
1: true. So So true.
0: It's wild. And then you have clients going, hey, man, I want to get this stuff forgiven as fast as possible. you're like, okay, slow down, man. We don't don't know what's happening out there. Yep. So we may not need to go through that. And then they go, no, I want you to do it. And so then we go do it. And then their bank's not ready. It's like, yeah, okay. Absolutely. Oh, my God. It drives you crazy. Yep. And I, and I think this podcast is turning into just you know, ranting, <laughs> rant, just ranting. So here's what we're doing. We're, we're ranting no. for everybody no. that's listening. No, 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 but but they're it's like, sure. yeah, I, I, you forgot That's this. Right. <laughs>
1: That's right. So but here's but here's another thing. So another story of mine is this. I cause because I do stand-up comedy. I've got a I've got a close relationship with a dude who owns the basically the main clubs, all the main clubs here in Utah are his. And, uh, and 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 wow. he knows I'm a CPA, so we get talking about this. And the crazy thing is, so he's because basically, uh, it's a, you know, to pull the curtain back a little bit on on comedy. Uh, stand up comedy is just it's just another way to sell nachos and tequila. Is really it, <laughs> that, that's it. that's all that's all you. Do. If you're a professional stand up comic, yeah, you're basically just in the restaurant business, is what <laughs> you are because that's that's what. That's what they do. That's what the clubs do. So if they so use he's got you to sell nachos, yeah, he. That's that's what I'm used for <laughs> is to sell beers and nachos. So so I have actually crazy thing. I have That's bits. Great. I have bits where I go, who well, actually, here's one of my bits. I go, who's here, who here's drinking beer? And everybody goes, yeah. And I go, I go, well, how's it make you feel that 45% of what you paid for your billet it, beer is taxes? Either on the, you know, and I go through all the ways that it's 45% <laughs> yeah. of what they paid for. it. it's like, how do you feel now? And they go, boo. And I go, no, not boo, yay. That because if you know that you're paying 45% of that beer is for taxes, that instantly turned you from an alcoholic into a damn patriot i stand up and salute you (laughs) for getting us through this tough time selling more beers anyways that's beside the point restaurants also have a a, a, between commercial real estate which is what i'm in Uh. versus what he's in For having to – he had to fire all his staff, and then he has to rehire him, And that's where you get into some crazy complexities with the PPP stuff. And he's asking me questions about this, and I go, I don't know. Dude, it's – At all, you need some professional help (laughs) with with that, and it's not me. And so – and I'm surprised that his accountants haven't reached out to him to say, hey – what what can we do here which brings me to another question cuz with him i know he's trying to navigate it all on his own because of cost concern because he's gotten just reamed repeatedly where yeah. he got shut down because of because cuz so Initially. many people congregate yeah. in, in, in a comedy club he got shut down again because of because all of salt lake city like he just reopened and then we had we had like protests and riots in in downtown salt lake so he got curfew would shut him down again oh my God. So he's just taking it and taking it and taking it can you this is a this is an interesting question if you are char- like let's say you have a client because your your firm's very robust yeah. if you're not if, in terms of what you typically offer yeah in normal times let's say it's not a firm that's quite as robust as that where they're and maybe this guy is his their client and they just basically do tax return stuff for him and that's the extent of the the of the uh the engagement of the right. relationship can you this is something i've been trying to tease out in my brain if i could come to them and say hey can if we can help you get a bigger ppp loan or get more of it forgiven or something like that i still i'm i'm trying to figure out if that's something that would be
0: acceptable from an ethics standpoint to do a contingency fee on i, I don't know i don't know that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast but but see it's let's say you could the, Mm -hmm. the, the the way the small business market is looking at this, they're like, Mm -hmm. do not stiff me with a bill to help me stay in business. If you're my, my accounting firm, right? It's really not taken very well right now. So we have to be careful how we price things related to the PPP and forgiveness. And I'm sure some people are pricing for for it and some are not. And it's Mm -hmm. hard to get into what's wrong or right, but it, we will just say it is just generally a burden to accounting firms to figure it out. And it is complex. Clients cannot do it by themselves. No, and so that's, that's what we're having to do. Right. Um, you know, as we get into this and, yeah, and then, you know, the last, the last point Donnie makes is really help your clients, you know, deal with the next, the next business interruption. And, and, right. and sometimes that means if it's time for them to shut down, you kind of need to be, bringing them to that point and saying it and saying, how has this helped you with any other business interruption you're going to face? Cause we're finding a lot of our small businesses and firms were actually a little bit unhealthy going into this. Cause we're, some of them are struggling to weather this thing, Yeah, you know, yep. and some aren't willing to make pivots and changes. you you need to make changes to stay healthy. Um, yeah. And then you need to think about saving money and putting cash in the bank to keep To save yourself from the next time this happens. So, exactly. um, And that's the
1: thing. I think I'm sure there's people out here who are thinking like I was. We went through this great recession, which was the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression. So, (laughs) it was a conscious thought of mine that going, check that off. It's never going to get that bad. And then it's like, oh, wait a second. Wait, how about a pandemic? (laughs) Oh, a global virus! Yeah, exactly. So, but while and I think that's Donnie's point. While people are hurting, that's the time that they're actually going to make the changes that they need to make. That's right. So now's the time to look forward, not just to look at what we're going through right now, but what what can we do to make sure that the next time this comes around, which hopefully isn't ever, but like we said, we got sucker punched twice and pretty quick succession. That's so right. We don't figure, know.
0: We got to help him figure that out too. Okay. Well, let's get Donnie on the horn and he let's can tell us what he really meant about the article he wrote. Yeah, exactly. Right, right on. I'm so looking forward to it. Come on. Hey, hey, this is Jason Blummer and we want to thank our sponsor, Bill.com, a platform we've been using for many years to run our firm's own virtual AP and AR experience For our clients, too, and as is common with Bill.com, they've raised the bar on AP Innovation again, and they have a new AI-enabled platform. It offers a sweet new user experience. You'll see it's redesigned, easier to find buttons, more compact, and, of course, they got international payments. We love Bill.com. Bill.com, thanks for sponsoring the Thrivecast. Okay, Greg, we're back with the authority on the article that we trashed, not trashed, (laughs) but uh, dissected uh, initially. We got Donnie Shimamoto with us, uh, the leader of his own firm. So, Donnie, thanks for
2: hanging out with us on the Thrivecast, man. Hey, thanks for having me known you guys for so long and i'm like oh i'm only now i'm getting to be on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> right on.
1: and and you're you're our first guest from hawaii as well you're
2: there right now right i'm assuming well he might not be <laughs> yeah I'm not you're Actually, not hawaii, yeah hawaii i've been in nevada since january because of everything oh. going on hawaii's had a quarantine and I was oh. like, i'm not gonna be stuck at home for two weeks <laughs> yeah <laughs> Gotcha. Well, so, okay. So, so then
1: I rescind that we've had multiple guests from Nevada. So, yeah. <laughs> but you're right next door to me. You're so close. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So,
0: well, cool. Well, Donnie, you, I don't know how long you've run a firm. Um, and so probably we want you to tell us that and just kind of what your firm's about. Uh, but we kind of want to hear, you know, and again, we were going through an article you wrote for the ASCPA, which is really how, how you help clients through this, this pandemic and of course a lot of it applies to our firms and so i was sharing things that julie and i are going through in our firm and we would love to just know more about you your firm and maybe things you're going through and considering and having to pivot and change and it'll just teach us you know the listeners a lot so tell us who you are give us some more insight
2: sure i'm a i saw so I, I always talk about myself as a non-traditional cpa cuz i don't yeah. do audit tax or bookkeeping yeah only thing that i do is it advisory services um and when everyone started saying you should do advisory services and you need to be in tech i was like oh wait that's me <laughs> i did <laughs> so that been, 20 years ago <laughs> Yeah, actually almost uh, we've been in business since 2001 wow um, nice. so it has been 19 years yeah um and we have always only done advisory services so we partner with other firms especially smaller firms to kind of fill in that net- gaps for them so they don't have to send them to their competitors yeah um but it really comes down to we help regular small mid-sized businesses as well as firms make better decisions around technology and it's in two areas innovation and the new things coming out and not just new technology but business practices Mm. and the other side of that is risk management so cybersecurity, of course a big play in there but also other types of risks um as well, like uh health and safety as, as we are looking at now with the pandemic. Yes, okay. Employee engagement and all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's now, yeah, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Go so go Donnie, ahead, what what what's the you're like <laughs> before the pandemic, <laughs> maybe we're all talking about our firms before the pandemic and during the pandemic, what how big were you guys, like maybe team size and and what changes have you guys made or, or needed to make, you know, during the pandemic
2: as you sure. pivoted. So, Pre-pandemic, we were at 16, although a bunch of that is part-time, um, and, and we have a few on-calls. Um, with the pandemic, when it really hit, we actually had to furlough, furlough or do work reductions on about two-thirds of our team. Yeah. So we really went down to, I think it was like six or seven. Um, and as of today, we brought everyone back except for one um, person. And uh, we're still trying to figure out the timing on her. We know we're going to get her back. Yeah, it's just the timing right now as we see business start to come back. Yeah, and, um, yeah. We still have some people on work reductions, uh, so we definitely felt this because yeah. that was one of the things I got cut: advisory services. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because
1: because people are like, "Gosh, we don't know how much money we're going to make, and so maybe all of our IT is fine for the foreseeable future." Is that what happened to you? Was kind of kind of your your niche of IT services is is something that pe- I mean obviously people have like emergencies where stuff you know goes down the toilet and and I'm assuming that part of what you do is respond to things like that but I, I also assume a lot of what you do is probably set up new systems and things like that and people are like yeah we're gonna we're gonna live on our legacy system till we figure out what what's going on is that is that what happened to
2: you. Sort of. So we we don't deal with the tech, the core technology pieces because that's okay. stuff that any IT person can do. We live in this intersection between CPA and IT. Yeah. Mm. So we really are about how do you make the right decisions? How does that fit into your business strategy? What value are you getting from it? And then when we look at like cybersecurity, we're looking at it from a risk management standpoint. So what solutions make sense? What's the amount of risk that you have? What's the residual risk? Um, so for us, what it was, uh, when the pandemic started, we had a burst of activity because it was enable Mm. everyone to work remote securely. Yep. Uh, mm. We did that. And then we had projects that were in progress, but what happened was a lot of people went, wait, stop. There's too much stuff going on. We can't introduce additional change to people right now. Mm. It was very interesting because we would, I would actually counter that and say, but your project is to go digital. That is what you want to do right now because you're <laughs> right. not going to be able to move the sleep around in person. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Well, that's I've, I've talked about that a lot on different webinars that I've done where it's like a lot of what the pandemic has done is it's forced us to do the stuff yeah. that we knew we should have done 20 years ago or 10 years ago or however long ago and now it's like oh yeah now we have to do all this stuff because we can't work in the office so we wanted to be virtual now we have to be virtual so let's figure it out but you're saying people were even trying to put the brakes on that
2: yeah well weirdly kind of maybe or maybe doing a half measure I think it really depended. So, you know, with a lot of smaller businesses, there was just too much uncertainty. And so we understood that, right? right. It was like, you Absolutely. don't know if you're going to have money coming in. You don't know how long it's going to last. Mm-hmm. So we were even sometimes going, you sure you want to move? Because there was a couple that moved forward and we're like, you sure you want to move forward? Yeah. <laughs> um, but larger ones too, where, those are the ones where we kind of saw, again, it's kind of dealing with that uncertainty. So we, we understood. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, Donnie, can you give us examples of, because uh, your
0: article talks about us helping our clients really consider business model changes, and of course, yeah. the the example you gave was restaurants, which is just the mind blowing industry that got yeah. uh, immediately punched in the stomach, you know, with this pandemic and and <laughs> at least the restaurants around us are have really pivoted, right? They're, they like have delivery teams when they have never been a restaurant that's a delivery restaurant at all, and so they're they're having to make these changes, but. How do you help a client go through their assessment of changing their business model? Like, do do you say consider, I mean, how do you help them go change the thing you're doing or walk them through the process of considering how to change it? I, I think a
2: lot of that follows the strategy that we use with digital transformation, which is really like, tell me what you see yourself looking like. And for a lot of people, it's nice. Sometimes they can't. Right. So, oh. especially with these small business, like a here, you know, a lot of times it's the chef because they love to cook. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of talking to them, I think, through the options and helping them realize that they have options. That's part of it to me. And uh, part of it as well is helping them understand the nuances of it. You know, for example, I, I think that article is the one where I give the example of, um, you know, if, if now you're going to change your staff and they're not wait staff, they're delivery staff, well, you have yep. to think about the change to insurance. Yep. And the fact that now you're having to insure drivers because that becomes part of your liability as well. Yeah. Just dotting these eyes and crossing these T's that they might not know um, is opening them up to additional risk and, and additional business needs.
1: Right. Yeah. Which, which I think, I mean, I think there's so much in, involved in the pandemic that we've got to, I, I mean, it's, it's it, when Jason and I were blown off steam before we got you on the podcast, part of it is like, there's so much extra work and it's like, are we doing this for nothing and all that sort of stuff. But, but I think we can come back because everything you're just talking about, it's like, it's like, there's insurance changes. There's, there's expense uh, items that you talked yeah. about in the article that, that uh, the entrepreneur, might not be thinking about how do you, exp- you know, reimburse for mileage? What sort of, uh, you know, documentation do you have to have? All that sort of stuff. And the cool thing is, as accountants, we were kind of built for this moment. It's a ton wow. of work, but this is our, like, this is our purpose. This is why we exist is because of all these changes and all the needs that we have. And I hope that people can feel, I mean, it. I, you know, I, maybe it's just the pep talk, but it's like, we're kind of, wow. We're slogging through all this work, but it's like, we're built for this time and we can help people so much as they go through it. It might just feel like a lot of hard work, but exactly. I hope people feel the gold stars that we're getting as people who can really help people right now too. And and I'm assuming, have you felt that too, where people just gone, I couldn't have done this without you?
2: Exactly. And that, this is the whole, like, you know, the AICBA actually came out with this thing where they're saying, you know, it, it will normally take you like a hundred years to become a trusted advisor. Wow. Pandemic gives you, maybe not a hundred, maybe it was like 20, but yeah. it's a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, a long time. That, to that yeah. status. Yeah. And they were like, you could have done it in six months with the pandemic now because mm-hmm. that acceleration of that need and your ability to deliver value. And I think, you know, I know in Thrive you guys talk about um specialization and so this is a great example where once you develop that model for that one client you can reuse that model and all these other clients so you get a ton of additional um profitability for your firm if you create this intellectual property and then leverage it across multiple clients using value pricing
0: yeah well and and i think and and donnie maybe it would be good to just you know help firms understand that are listening that a lot of our skills are being developed in terms of walking people through the PPP forgiveness crap and all of that that struggle. And we feel like that's not va- That's not going to be valuable in a year. But can you, th- I mean, do you help people understand what are the skills you are learning that are going to be transferable to a healthier type environment and market? Like, <laughs> tell us what we are doing that's that's healthy and going to help us. I mean, even though we're learning things we don't think we're going to take with us
2: forever. What is, what are we learning? And I think actually the biggest mistake is if you're not learning from this and you're not figuring out a way to make this part of your regular services. Mm. So when you walk, when you help the client through PPP, or if you're helping them now figure out when to use the PPP monies, because yep. Yep. Right, we're all kind of waiting. We got to meet that those requirements for forgiveness, which seems to be changing. Yep. Uh, but that's all basically forecasting. So not just budgeting, but forecasting. So looking forward, how do I build these models around wow. budgeting, which was something, you know, if, if you asked me in 2001, 2002, when the first time we saw this come about, yeah. it would have costed over 100000 to get a system that could do this. In 2013 was the second time we saw a resurgence around forecasting. The price came down to probably about forty dollars to $60,000. Today, there's all these small business products that let us do forecasting for small businesses that are hundreds of dollars a month only. Wow. So. Well, <laughs>
0: well that's amazing. Donnie, tell us, what's the difference between budgeting and forecasting? I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. just get basic, you know, and I, I bet a lot of firms struggle to even know what is that and how do we do it for our clients? I mean, I know, but it'd be nice to hear what you think. Oh, yeah, we know. We just want you to teach everybody else, Donnie. Sure, sure. I'm asking
2: for a friend. So uh, you can explain to your friend. Okay. That, <laughs> That's uh, good. You're a good you friend, know, the Donnie. Budget we often think of as that static thing that you do at the beginning of the year, and mm-hmm. we just watch and see whether we're meeting it or not, whether or not conditions have changed, whether or not assumptions have changed. Um, or And a lot of times we do it based on last year. So Sally, right? Same as last year add a percentage to it so that we adjust for inflation or whatever and yeah. this year. Well, that's where um, statistics or research actually shows that 67% of budgets are outdated within the first three months. Okay, that's <laughs> so not So no one pays for... attention to them. Yeah, right? right. Forecast is actually looking forward. And it's telling us this is what we think is going to happen for the rest of the year. So I think of the budget as something that is established at the beginning of the year. It might tell us our goals for the year, like here's our profit that we're shooting for at the end of the year. or um, But the plan tells us how we're going to achieve that or how we may not achieve that because we're forecasting. And what, based on what we're doing now, we're not going to achieve that that's a great example for the pandemic where it's like all the budgets went out the window in february or march yeah it's (laughs) it's really more about what's going to happen the rest of the year how do we know what what do we what can we affect or not affect
0: okay and and a lot of i imagine a lot of small businesses if if they're going to try to do that whereas they're going to try to start building this forecast um to look ahead they're going to use a spreadsheet right but but which which has its own problems would you say you need to get one of these online small business products to kind of pull from your current accounting system and pipe it into the future with some scenario basis
2: which is exactly. which is the forecasting right right and that and that's what you want cuz if you think about it usually it's a pain in the butt cuz you got to go to all these different systems right actually well if you're doing it right if you're if you're only doing financial forecasting you pull it out of quickbooks or zero or whatever you're using and you roll it forward and you that's it. But that's the problem is that QuickBooks or 0 doesn't have all the information. You actually have to be pulling it from the operational systems, from the marketing systems. And hmm. using these drivers, you then would start to forecast or predict what's going to happen. And that's why you want that software, because you might do it first in Excel. In fact, that's the way we tell people, come up with your Excel model first. You can make all the mistakes. It's easy to change formulas. We take that Excel model, implement that into these forecasting systems, Mm -hmm. and then you design the forecasting systems to go and grab the data, both the actuals and the current, um, from all these other systems. And now you've automated the whole thing, and you've got a rolling forecast into the future Uh, okay sweet you just got to know and that's kind of what you guys do you help people choose the
0: software that does something like that for whatever industry they're in right um so so and it probably so that it's not complicated enough where they
2: can't manage it it's something they can manage yeah that's our whole philosophy is that um unlike a lot of other consultants quote consultants that are like We want to rope you in and then you're stuck to us forever. Yeah. We believe in true consulting, which is you come in and you leave and you've done knowledge transfer and the client is that much better. Wow. Um, I should mention, though, because I talk about us as advisory services, we distinguish that from an advisory service where advisory is ongoing. But the difference is we don't stay to do the maintenance. We're like, we want to transfer knowledge. You do the maintenance, do all the boring stuff. I see. And we'll help you on the next project for the next evolution or the next innovation.
0: Okay. I see. And then you'll you'll stay on to advise on an ongoing basis. Yes. Okay. Well, so tell me about prices. Like I know, you know, as firms, we, you know, we're we're pivoting some things to make sure we price in an appropriate way according to this market. Like how how are we supposed to approach our clients to help them price appropriately? Do do we how do we help them assess their current price? How to change it? Should they change it?
2: Like, we should be asking these hard questions of our clients, right? Right. Right. And and this is one where I have to be honest, this is not my area. So I defer to all the value pricing gurus. Okay. Sure you're okay. one of them actually. I'm sure guys wrong. I don't I don't deal with that part. Okay, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Well yeah. and 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 and
1: good for you for staying true to your to That's your right. core your core business where it's like <laughs> IT IT we can help you with that, but maybe pricing at the place. I here's what I'm interested you, in. in your article you talked a lot about um, about helping kind of one of your one of your final points was to use this time to help your clients prepare for the next shit storm that's that that's coming. that's in, <laughs> invariably coming uh, our way it's going to happen and I, I was telling jason that uh that for me i was like oh we had the great recession it's, that was horrible that doesn't th- there's not going to be anything worse than that between now and when my career is over and it's like oh well there there was and not very long after that <laughs> so that's where we're at right now so because because i read that right in your article right you're saying you know, you've got business interruption right now. And, and kind of between the lines, I was assuming you mean, because everybody is just getting their, their, you know, their ass handed to them right now, now's the time to plan for the next one, because we see how bad it can be. Is that kind of what you were getting at? Okay. So how, how do we help
2: them plan then? So that's the whole, um, it's the concept of scenario planning, which is really to look at, you know, what, what can go wrong so the immediate one to me is is after action reviews what happened? what did we do? did we do the right thing? Did we do the best thing right to do grab those do the after action review you can look that term up the army uses it um, it is to gather lessons learned from the immediate uh, crisis in, in this case right and you would see people use this after any of your major disasters so uh, Katrina. Uh, Term over the Northeast, right? They have the big snowstorms and everything. Yeah. Uh, we've got stuff happening now, right? It's the same technique that you use for that. Uh, the pandemic, though, of course, poses a lot of different areas, and so this is a good one also to kind of look at all these other areas. Who's going to be responsible for finance? Who's going to be responsible for operations? Who's responsible for employee, employee safety, communications? Like, figure all that stuff out now so that you are ready for the next one, you've got the mechanisms in place and you've kind of done the fire drill around it. Right. And it's not like the other fire drills where I know all of us, when you find out your office is going to have a fire drill, what do you do? All of a sudden, I have meetings outside of the office, so I'm not going to have to walk down the stairs or do whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Which is which is not really doing the planning to help you during the fire. Right. Right. If nobody's in the building
1: to practice. (laughs) Well, that could that could be like if you if you're like, well, I could retire at any time now. Then you just go, well, I'll retire the day the next disaster happens. That's the the equivalent of having meetings outside the building. That's right. But most of us aren't in that position where we can say, oh yeah, I'm actually out now. That was it. Well, it's,
0: but this is, this is hard. I think it's a skill as, you know, as firm leaders, we don't have, which is, which is really the first point in your article was to assess the impact of that current downturn. It's really, I don't know, scientifically to really document what happened to you and why, you know, yeah. cause I think all of us go, yeah, I can assess it. It was hard. It's like, <laughs> but that's not what you mean. You mean a, a, a real theoretical, I don't know if it's written or not, but it's really to go in these areas, assess what happened to you. Why okay. did it happen to you? Why weren't you prepared in a healthy way to offset the fact that it was coming? Cause yeah. none of us are, None of us have prepared really for a pandemic. Yeah. So is it is it a plan you're writing down to assess this impact so that you can figure out what it's going to happen,
2: how it's going to happen to you next time? Yeah. So I would again, I'm going to draw that analogy to the the fire evacuation plan. Right? What could happen? Where could it start? How could it start? And you can use examples that we've already had. This pandemic, you know, tornado coming through. The, hurricane coming through Um, go back and think about anthrax and when we had those issues right Uh, think of all these different situations and then you want to assess how likely is it and how much of an impact does it have if it actually occurs and so definitely those that are more likely and have a higher impact you want to address but also those like the pandemic which we hopefully is not likely to recur right um, but if it does has this huge impact on all of us Right to th- Just to think through, what does that look like? And then if you've actually done the budgeting or forecasting models that we, I mentioned earlier, what you can do is start to plug these things in to say, okay, let's say sales drops down mm. to 10% of what it was. Mm. What does that look like? What are our fixed costs? What are our variable costs? How do, do, we, do we need to adjust that? Or do we need to make sure, for example, in our, um, in our vendor contracts that we have the capability to reduce Mm. Right? Our, our consumption of them or, or not. And, and actually to, to turn it to a positive, I always use the other example of the Popeye's chicken sandwich yeah. where it could also be a positive. Yeah. Like you're getting these skyrocketing sales and they were not ready for that. Oh, and, wow. Right? So think about like all of a sudden we, we sell out, what do you do? Or your client sells out, how do you help them deal with that? Can they get wow. that flexibility into their supply chain to quickly ramp up and produce more chicken sandwiches so they can capture all this demand? Right. Wow. I, right. I, I didn't haven't heard that example. So, which is a which is
0: a positive side of a of a of a downturn. Right. It's like, wait, we we actually ran out of food We're <laughs> a restaurant. Right. Well, yeah, I like that because a
1: lot of times you say like like you'll 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 spin a, a problem you're having at work is going well. This is a good problem to have, but that doesn't negate the fact that it's still a problem, <laughs> and yeah. you should have it. You should have a way to to work through it. So. Yeah. Um, and, and, um
2: no, go ahead, Donnie. I, I was just gonna give you another example too that is really where accounting becomes really important. Um I work with um, a convenience store as one of my clients and they sell fresh food. And for it was really interesting working with them on this fresh food profitability analysis because I was like, Oh good, look, you've got no write-offs, no damages, right? Because at the end of the day, you gotta throw the food out, or after yeah. so many years, you gotta throw the food out. And they were like, they were like, No, that's not good. Our ideal damages is one unit because mm. it means that everybody that came in to buy that bought it and we only had one left to throw away. Huh. Because when you start to look oh, at wow. replacement, right? It's like if they came in only to buy that, then did they then walk away? Oh, I can get it. I gotta go to the next store. Right.
1: I've so never come back here
2: because yeah. they I've never
1: come back here because they didn't have a banana. <laughs> and I, and I needed my potassium is so low, I can't risk it. <laughs>
0: No, no, that's wild. I never, I never. That's wild when you start thinking about these downturns and these this analysis. What you find out about your clients and and the things that they teach you mm-hmm. about your analysis. When, but that it's interesting. You walk in with assumptions. It's like cool. You don't want any, and they're like, no, we want to, we want to have one unit of a, you know, of waste or whatever, which, yeah. which proves the fact that all of our clients got the things they were wanting. Yeah. You know. Do you
1: have uh, to to assess that? And this even wraps back around to your article because when if, if you don't have like like one of the things I thought of is everywhere has plexiglass up now from you know. Like even I just saw on the news today that schools have have installed a bunch of plexiglass, yeah. so I could see that mm-hmm. as being like a pivot that maybe contractors that aren't having as much work there that they can pivot to go, oh, everybody needs plexiglass, so I'm going to become the plexiglass man, something like that for, <laughs> for for during the downturn. But but like we can come up with some ideas, you know, the restaurant stuff we've seen that the plexiglass we see that, but for a lot of our clients, we might not have any clue in terms of even how they could pivot or right. what that could look like for them, do you have, and, and maybe this is a question you can't answer, but do you have way how, how do you, how do you go to your client and say like and start figuring out some of those solutions? If they're like, oh and we haven't pivoted, but clearly we need to, is there a way to say tease those uh,
2: those innovations or whatever it is out for that client? Yeah, and and I will say I I don't know all the answers. That's that's something I think we need to get more comfortable with, all of us, mm. right? Because I think a lot of times we, as accountants, we feel like we have to have the answer, and we're afraid to say I don't know. Yeah. Um, I actually believe all the clients need to have have the answers themselves, and I just know how to ask the right questions, and so. Um, sort of contrary, like I'm, I don't consider myself a specialist, although I work in this innovation and risk management area, which in technology, which is a specialization. But yep. I'm an industry, I'm industry agnostic. And clients always ask, like, Well, what are you going to bring to us? And I said, I know what other industries do, and I can draw the parallels for you, and I can ask the right questions to understand uh, what you're doing and help you figure out what's the right pivot or what's the right adjustment or You know, because I understand the cost drivers and accounting and how that works, I understand the technology pieces and what it can and cannot do. And so by asking the right questions and drawing analogies to other industries, well, you know, the car industry is doing this or the manufacturing is doing that. Is there an analogy here? It helps people to ideate and to understand. Like, oh, yeah, wait, we could draw an analogy because that's the way that they do this is kind of like the way that we do this other thing. Yeah. So it's about going through that conversation with the clients and helping them to see possible potential possibilities. Yeah. Very cool. Well, as we're wrapping up here, Donnie, let's ask you one more question. Like if,
0: you know, we we have a lot of firm listeners, like what, what's the one thing you want to say to the accounting profession <laughs> that's, that's kind of having to lead the way and bearing the burden of some of this cares act junk and, and helping our clients stay healthy. Like, wh- I don't know, would you want to encourage them with one thing or do you want to like, let them have it for something they're screwing up really bad? <laughs> like, what would you say? <laughs> Can I give them kind
2: of three things? Do it. No, Love it. one. <laughs> one is all we have time for. No, three. Let's do it. Yeah, make it really fast. Great. Yeah, fast three. Yeah. The, the, my big thing, the message I'm trying to get out to our profession as a whole is really to think about the why of our services. Like, why do we provide our services? And I actually believe there's three reasons. The first of this is peace of mind. And so the clients are coming to us because they're worried about their finances, about their taxes. Nice. You know, I, I just got this IRS notice, whatever it is. And our job is to give them that peace of mind to let them sleep. Don't worry. We're going to get you out of this. We're going to deal with this. You're not going to go bankrupt. You're not going like, to be audited. Or if you are yeah. going to be audited, you're going to get through it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, the second one to me is vision and clarity. And we've been talking about a lot of that today that it is, we need to help our clients see that better future or envision what their future looks like. And whether that's in a business context, whether that's in an individual context, and they're owning a home and having kids and being being able to retire comfortably, like that's the vision. And the clarity comes with that, which is this is the roadmap for how you're going to get there. So again, whether it's in a business standpoint, whether it's in a personal financial plan that you're leading them through, that's the second thing is vision and clarity. Mm. And the third thing, and I think this is even more important with the coronavirus, is hope. And a lot of people tell me, that's nice. kind of hokey, accountants providing hope. Yeah. And I'm like, but if you can see how you're going to get out of this and you're going to still remain profitable and your business is still going to be intact and you're not going to have to declare bankruptcy, mm. that is hope. That and is. that hope is what inspires the business owner to make the pivot, to do the change, to continue to be in business, to fight, not just for themselves, but for their employees. And that's the way, to me, that as accountants, we really help improve the world. And that's wow. our mission. Dude, I thought it was numbers, man. I just go- <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: awesome. I was going to say num- the word numbers, and, and that's not the answer. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, but that's true right (laughs) our clients are they're fearful right and we're like well, we can give you clarity so that you don't have to be fearful or we can say it does look bleak but if you cut this which is a hard conversation you're going to be okay and now they can move forward with clarity to go thank you now i know what to do i love it
1: and and I'm saying you squandered an opportunity because you could have said anything to the accounting profession, like Sage Peachtree needs to come back and <laughs> needs to be adopted universally <laughs> and ubiquitously in this profession. You could have done something like that. and Sage probably would have given you a little bit of money or so. I don't know, but but I like what you said better. You should have Yo, told
2: me that earlier. I could have gotten <laughs> sponsors for what I said. I know no. you get know.
1: sponsors for the for being on our podcast. That'd be <laughs> awesome. That Dude, would you be would true. Have, businessman of the year award if you did that that's right um, that was Very awesome cool. donnie thank you so thanks, much man. for being on the podcast it was great to see you again yeah. it's been it's been like since a, a, a zero conference was the last time that we oh, saw yeah. each other which oh, wow. seems like a hundred years ago 100. so it's nice to nice to see you. great thanks for uh imparting your knowledge and your insight to us and to our listeners we appreciate you so much man yeah
2: Thank yeah, you, I lo- I love being on here. Hope I yeah. can do it some time. Cool, thanks, right Donnie. We'll see
0: you. We want to thank our newest sponsor, Receipt Bank. Before implementing Receipt Bank within our own firm, team members often did bookkeeping their own way because processes weren't standardized. As a 100% virtual firm, it's critical for us to maximize efficiency, especially in data collection. Receipt Bank gives our clients a user-friendly, simple, and intuitive way of sending us paperwork and has become the gateway product for all digital files within our firm. Learn more about Receipt Bank and how we took Blummer CPAs virtual at receipt-bank.com. Love me some Donnie Shimamoto. He's, he is such a nice
1: dude. He that, is that, so that nice. Donnie. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> that Donnie. I, I mean, honestly, I mean, we've had he and I have had have had plenty of like online uh, interactions, you yeah. know, mostly not video. It's usually just, you know, through social media or st- yeah. things like that. But we've 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 met each other a few times in real life. And it's weird. He's just a He's a sweetheart, Donnie <laughs> Shimamoto. I dig that guy so much. Well, he, so he
0: does it way. And he has a huge heart. I mean, you yeah. heard how he ended the thing. He's like, we have yeah. hope. Yeah, vision and yeah. care. It's like, is that what we're selling? He's like, yeah. yes, that's what yeah. you're selling. Hell it's yeah! Like- let's
1: let's <laughs> sell let's sell us some hope, man. What do you want here? I got my three. So the three levels of service we can do. We got we got on the first <laughs> level is tax tax prep. The second one is tax prep and tax planning. The third one, tax prep, tax planning, and hope. Oh. How much is hope worth to you? Yeah, it's worth a lot.
0: Right. And in the other options, you do not get hope. No, zero hope. <laughs> we, so actually, we, will actually, we actually – In the, the low
1: options, we'll take your hope away from we you. We will tell you that failure is imminent. But if you pay <laughs> us – if you get on the platinum oh. membership, we will we will get you so much hope. It's so unbelievable. Much.
0: Uh. Listen, I mean,
1: that's pretty expensive price. It is. It should be. You got to pay for what you give. And then once you charge them for that, then you're on the hook for giving them all that hope. So Which, you got to make sure you deliver that. hope. That's
0: huge deal. So, so but I, I
1: love it. So great. Yeah. Such a great guy. Totally yeah. dig me some Donnie Shimamoto. Um, <laughs> just a couple of reminders too. Like we said at the top, if you want to get in on the second incubator for 2020, that is going to yes. be in October. You should probably sign up sooner rather than later because chances are that's going to sell it just like the August one did. Yes. And,
0: and I want to remind you people. We are trying to love people more through our community in Thrival. Remember, we're just doing a whole bunch more stuff that nobody knows it's only for the members in the private community right now. Now you sign a confidentiality NDA when you come into our community or participate in any event. And that's because it's like Vegas, baby, what we talk about stays in that community. And so the transparency, authenticity, and, you know, just the honesty that people share in the Thrival community is, I mean, it's beautiful. They know that Julie and I protect that community and dude, we'll burn the house down if anybody <laughs> starts releasing stuff or talking about things. So we right. want you to come into that kind of community, so you can be open and honest about your struggles. I mean, just just today, people are sharing their proposal, going, "How does this look?" And people are just they just add such credibility and advice to those to each other. So we want you to come in. We're doing a bunch of stuff that nobody knows of. It's because privately we're doing it to care for our Thrival members while they're going through this pandemic.
1: Exactly, and I signed an NDA, and I didn't know I could talk about uh, signing the NDA because uh, that's it. That's, all you, the N- that's okay. all you can say. That's all you can say. Okay, that's what I thought. You can only say I signed an NDA. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> so, uh, so that's it for our for the ThriveCast. Yes. For this month, thank you guys so much for coming back in. We hope that you are not going out of your mind. Um, make sure that you talk to people. you Give people that you're not going to infect a
0: hug. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. Well
0: yeah. Greg, you people had the that you rona. You don't care
1: if you infect. I don't Well, I don't know yeah, what.
0: you had the Rona, so people
1: I did. Can hug you if they people see can you. hug me. Come out to Utah, I'll give you a hug. Free hugs uh travels on you though. I mean and it could that could <laughs> sound creepy, but still you had it. So I don't
0: know if anybody yeah. knows that, but yeah. you had it. I'll, so right, you're good.
1: Exactly. I'll give you an ounce of my plasma for free if you know how to extract <laughs> it. So we're good. We're good. <laughs>
0: That comes in the hope option, the high, the exactly. high option. If, a hey, pint so, of
1: Briggs plasma. So, uh, so if you'd like to come out to Utah and get oh. a uh, get a not a mm. pint, I said I think I said a an ounce. Would I say a pint? Oh no, Pint's I said a lot. Pint. That's a lot of plasma. I but if you want to come up, hit me up on the Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Greg Kite, and uh, and then we'll connect and we'll figure out the details for you getting my my sweet sweet antibody plasma. Yeah. How can people get a hold of you, Jason? If they well, get a hold of you
0: if you get a hold of me at Jason M Blummer or Thrival CPAs. Those are the handles. Uh, and yep. if you just let me know, you can even direct message me. We might get a like a two liter Sprite bottle and fill that up with. Greg's plasma oh like, that's that like would, that that's would a murder
1: me but uh you that's know, a lot that's, i'm willing <laughs> is that a lot you know? of plasma that's, that's all, that's all the pl- i think bottle. that's all the plasma oh that, well so, we want to we leave you yeah soon. so, so I'd, okay i'd like be one of those uh you know i'd be like the mom at the end of Tangle. Uh, just turning into dust immediately if you took two liters of my plasma. I saw. I, tang- it. I saw Tangled recently. That's why that was the example that came to mind. <laughs> it's like
0: where? What is that example? <laughs> so well, thank you everybody for joining us. We'll see you in the community. We'll see you in the in the yep. incubator, virtual online. Yeah, we can't wait. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Bye bye.